On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk utters one word on Twitter that makes a lot of North American Tesla owners happy. Plus, free unlimited lifetime supercharging is back for Model S and Model X, an update on the Model 3's long-awaited smart air suspension option, and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my left, Daisy the Boxer Puppy. This is episode 211 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for August 18th, 2019. And yes, I am back, quote unquote, live, as much as a once a week podcast can be live. Uh, I was at Disneyland with my family last week, my, of course, wife and daughter, and then my brother-in-law and his family, which uh, we've been lucky enough to get to go the last few years with them. And boy, I love it there. It is so much fun. I love it. Uh, it's and and my daughter loves it as well. The she the new Star Wars area was a huge hit with her. That's all she wanted to do was go on the the uh, Millennium Falcon ride over and over. So really good time to be had there. And I want to thank all of you for allowing me that uh, time off to to spend with my family there. Take a little break. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast that I had prepared for you. In my absence there, I, uh, I, it was good to connect with Mike Falcone again. I, I enjoyed it, so I hope you did too. Um, one other thing to note here uh, on that, actually, uh, I, I do owe a quick apology to the, eight, or the Early Access Patreon backers, Early Access on up, because I, I could swear that I had uploaded last week's vacation episode before I left, but somehow, it turned out, somehow I failed to do that, and instead of the Patreon backers getting it a week early, they ended up getting it a few hours late. So I, I genuinely feel terrible about that, because you, you should have gotten it nice and super early. It was done. Um, I feel really bad about that, so I do apologize. Please know that it was very much not on purpose. It was very much an accident. Uh, as for this week... I am recording a tad early, not quite as early as last time, but I'm recording on Thursday night this week. My parents are in town uh, this weekend. They're going to be staying with us, and I'll tell you, my parents are the lightest sleepers on the planet. Uh, I record the show downstairs here in my uh, little home office slash TV room slash whatever it is. I guess dog, the thing in the Daisy's crate's in here. It's sort of a multi-purpose room, I guess, but um, uh, the... The bedroom where my parents will be sleeping is directly above, and I know I'm I'm just so loud. I I've got the broadcast booming voice, and I can't help it when I do this. I have to talk this way. I know they'll they'll be disturbed by it. So getting the show done a little early. If anything major breaks on Friday, please accept my apologies in advance, and I will cover it next week. And with that, on to the week's Tesla news. First up. Free unlimited lifetime supercharging is back for the Model S and Model X. New purchases, that is. So while I was away, Tesla dusted off an old demand lever, and they have once again begun including free unlimited lifetime supercharging with every new Model S and Model X. This That's important to note, this does not apply to the Model 3. You know, I've said before how Tesla... In my opinion, 
needed to differentiate the S from the three a bit more in order to, to keep the S to be super appealing, you know, to me, to me, there just hadn't been enough, for the most part, enough of a reason to spend that much more money on a Model S. Because, you know, a Model S is a good bit more than a, than a 3. I mean, a fully maxed out performance Model 3 is still uh, a decent bit less, especially now after the price cuts, a decent bit less than the base Model S. Well, to Tesla's credit, I think they have now done a pretty good job of adding some separation between those two sedans. Now, I'm leaving the X out of this because it's an SUV, totally different class of car, and, and you know, until the Y comes out, it doesn't really have any comparison in the Tesla product lineup. But anyway, the Model S now has the next generation smart air suspension, 370 miles of range. Just again, stop on that for just a second. Just take that in. 370 miles of range, which is almost 20% more than the top end uh, Model 3 range-wise. And it's also, by the way, that 370, hey, that's that's creeping closer to a big psychologically important milestone of a number, that being, of course, 400 miles. And then the Model S now as well has once again got the free unlimited lifetime supercharging. So yes, there's still a fairly substantial gap in price between the S and the 3, but both of them have now seen price drops this year. So, you know, there's they're, they're both a really good value, and they do both now offer, I feel, different things for different people. Of course, given how often uh, Tesla tends to go back and forth on their policies and prices and perks and, and things like that, both for good and occasionally for bad, uh, it is fair to wonder how long the free unlimited lifetime supercharging will last this time. If I had to guess, and hey, I've got a podcast, what else am I going to do but but uh, try to predict what Tesla is going to do, I think it'll probably be a while this time. Honestly, I, I do think this is going to stick for a while because this seems like something that Tesla wouldn't want to or, or uh, have any incentive to remove until they had a bigger and shinier demand lever to pull on the Model S and the Model X, like, say a major interior refresh and or major exterior refresh. And as we all know, Elon has said pretty matter-of-factly that we should not expect that anytime soon. So if you are in the market for an S or an X, you've got a, a nice little bonus waiting for you when you order in the form of unlimited lifetime supercharging. Now, next up this week, some disappointing, but I have to say not altogether unexpected news at this point in time here in August of 2019. Elon Musk confirming that the Model 3 won't be getting a smart air suspension option anytime soon. He was responding to a question about smart air suspension on Twitter, and Elon said, quote, no plans to introduce air suspension on Model 3 at this time, end quote. So that now the reason that people have continued to wonder about this is because uh, Elon has been, he's mentioned it here and again uh, over the course of over a year. In fact, he had originally mentioned it in response to a question from me because I was one of those people 
super uh, keen on getting that smart air suspension uh, due to my strange driveway situation, which I ended up rectifying by putting in a little concrete speed hump on one side of the uh, front of my garage. Well, front meaning closest to the garage door so that the, the, uh, the downhill side of the car gets up onto that little speed hump and creates enough clearance for the car to get in and out of there uh, without bottoming out. I know this is, this is a problem for literally no one but me. This is, unless you also live on a hill in San Francisco. Uh, anyway, uh, back then, so I went and looked it up actually, it was May 10th, 2018. So, uh, gosh, yeah, a year and a quarter ago now, I had asked Elon, any chance we can get an update on dual motor and performance model three pricing and specs? Cause this was before those things had been announced. Uh, and then I said, air suspension as well, if you're in an extra good mood. And he replied at the time saying, Tesla will enable orders the end of next week for dual motor all-wheel drive and performance, starting production on those in July, which they did. And then he also added air suspension probably next year. So he did say probably in his defense, he never promised it. And again, as I, as I mentioned a moment ago, at this point, I don't think it's any surprise at all that there's there's no plan to introduce air suspension to the Model 3 because we probably would have heard about it by now if it was happening. Uh, I mean, if I'm being honest, I, I don't think Tesla needs to burn the resources to even develop a smart air suspension package for the Model 3 because Tesla is selling every single Model 3 that they can make right now. There's just no need to introduce more complexity into the production line, especially where every bit of efficiency, both uh, in, from a manufacturing perspective and from a financial perspective, matters to Tesla. Now, as much as I would have loved to have had it on my car, uh, in general, the the overall sentiment seems to be that the, the Model 3 market just isn't demanding an air suspension option. You notice that you, this is not a thing that you hear bubbled up in the community very often anymore. It was a talking point. I, I was one of the people again leading the the charge on that. But uh, but you know before the the additional variants of the Model Three came out, but there just doesn't seem to be a lot of pent up demand in the market for for an air suspension option on the Model Three. Now, um, perhaps it was in development, and maybe any efforts that were going to go into that at one point they shifted it over instead to the next gen smart air suspension for the S and the X that just rolled out on the Raven models, which if that were the case, that would honestly seem to be to me in hindsight, of course, the benefit of 2020 hindsight, a smarter use of, of those resources. But anyway, to, to conclude here, if you are a person that's been holding out on a model three purchase waiting for this, uh, you've, you've got a pretty definitive answer here that it is not coming. So um, you can either feel feel comfortable placing your order, knowing that it's not coming anytime soon, if ever, or you know maybe you'll decide that you really need an air suspension and the Model Three is not for you. In which case, you may uh, you may be looking at the Model S instead. Which if you do, you're going to pay more. But now with the Raven stuff, you're going to get a whole lot higher range. So there are some definite additional benefits to stepping up to the Model S in addition to just that next generation version of the smart air suspension. Um, 
And in fact, in general, you know, just taking taking a, a bigger picture view of, the, of this, kind of pulling out to the 10,000 foot view, as I like to say, I really don't think we're going to see any substantial changes to the Model 3 for some time. Of course, Tesla makes changes in the small changes on a weekly basis, as Elon and the team have said time and again. But I don't think we're going to see any major changes to the Model 3 for quite a while because Tesla is continuing to simplify the manufacturing process rather than make it more complex. The car is amazing. The car is a home run. And they're just going to keep cranking them out as they are. The Gigafactory 3 is going to be spinning up uh, producing cars here before too long in, in Shanghai. Uh, they continue to ramp production in Fremont, you know, inching up towards 7,000 cars a week. So that's, that is the way of things. It is, it is efficiency and volume, not adding in additional options, at least for the time being. Now, on the other hand, the next story this week, from something that Model 3 is not getting to something that Model 3, well, in this case, and SNX, are getting here in North America, it looks like North American Teslas will finally be getting Spotify as a streaming audio option. Yes, you heard that right, my friends. One of the longest requested features seems to finally be coming to North American Teslas. European Tesla owners have had Spotify since Tesla launched over there, but Elon Musk has now seemingly confirmed that it's on the way stateside. Someone had tweeted Elon saying, would love to have Spotify premium support, and Elon replied with a one-word answer, coming. Of course, this being Elon, uh, we can't even remotely guess as to when it's coming, because Elon did not even give an ETA, and yes, by ETA, I don't mean estimated time of arrival, I mean Elon time approxima uh, approximation, but it does seem like that Spotify is, is uh, finally imminent for North American Teslas in the fleet. As you all know, Slacker has been Tesla's in-car streaming music provider since the Model S launched in 2012. Uh, I, you know, I don't hate it as much as a lot of people seem to hate it. Uh, I know, but there's a lot of love for Spotify out there. I, I feel like I've got my slacker trained reasonably well. I mean, could it be better? Yeah. Would I like to hear some deeper cuts? Sure. But it's still, you know, I, I told you my strategy for, for building up, you know, personalizing my, uh, slacker account. I must've, I think that was maybe a month or so ago that, that I talked about that. But, you know, it's still, I would say every day, it still uh, throws a new song here or there at me. It, it does continue to throw songs at me that I haven't thumbed up or, or, or thumbed down, that I'm, that I'm just kind of like, well, I don't dislike this enough to thumb it down, but I don't like it enough to give it the thumbs up, so I'm just going to skip it. And I do keep getting those. Like, those, that's probably my, that would be my biggest complaint about Slacker is is the things that I'm undecided on, it seems to wa really want me to decide on them one, one way or the other. But anyway, uh, back to Spotify. As those of you uh, may remember who, who listened to the Elon interview that I did back on episode 200, I did try to ask Elon about, about uh, Spotify during my interview, but at the time, 
He kind of sidestepped the question, and I say that not in any sort of malicious way. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying he was, oh, he just, he dodged the question, but he just kind of, he said, uh, he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that, that Tesla had bigger fish to fry. He, uh, yeah, he, so he, he seemed to kind of think, well, you know, that's not a thing that, that we're worrying about right now, but it would seem that now, what is this, 11 weeks later, since that interview, uh, that, that's, Spotify has found its way higher up on Tesla's software priority queue. Could it be a part of version 10 that's expected here in about a month or two? Maybe. I would say, uh, in my opinion, that's probably the absolute best case scenario. But um, what I would what I would humbly suggest to all of you and the the attitude that I'll be taking toward this is, I would say don't expect it this year. Take take solace, uh, be joyful that it that it is apparently finally on the way here in North America. But I would say just don't expect it in 2019. Just when 2020 rolls around, then start getting fired up for it. But uh, if it does drop in 2019, then it'll you'll have it'll be kind of like an, you know, an unexpected surprise. Like you'd be like, Oh cool. I wasn't expecting this quite so soon. Yay. But, um, especially if it doesn't drop with V10, I mean, if it, yeah. So if it drops with V10, then obviously boom here, here it's out. But if it's not part of the initial V10 software release at that point, I would say just put think 2020 in your mind in order to calibrate your expectations to, Avoid disappointment wherever possible. But regardless, this is definitely excellent news courtesy of Elon Musk. Uh, More good news for those of you in wintry climates. Tesla has made available on their online store some new all-weather floor mats. Now, there there are floor mats, all-weather mats already out. I've got them in my car. The difference between... The new all-weather floor liners, as they're called, versus the existing all-weather interior mats are that the new floor liners have a wall on the sides. They're like a pan kind of thing. Uh, so here, this, this is part of the product description on the Tesla site. Quote, unlike traditional floor mats, liners are comprised of vertical walls that ensure maximum protection to the footwell carpet and easy cleanup exclusive grid pattern crafted by Tesla's design studio, end quote. Now, I know a lot of people out there, particularly those of you in in the aforementioned snowy winter climates, are fans of the 3D Max Spider brand. That's if if, if that's news to you and you want to look into that, it's 3D Max, 3D Max, and then it's, you know, you say spider, but it's, it's actually, there's no S there. So 3D Max, P-I-D-E-R. If you Google that with Tesla, you should find exactly what you're looking for. But uh, what I was starting to say there is I know a lot of people like the 3D Max Spider brand, uh, and those also have the walls on the sides to help keep more of that slush and stuff out of the carpets. But these official Tesla ones might be worth a look. Now, they are $50 more than the all-weather interior mats. So the the... The regular mats, the all-weather mats that I've got in my car are $145 for the set, front and, front and rear. And the liners with the walls on the sides are $195. Now, 
Uh, I think I've said this before, but I know I've got some new listeners out there. I bought the, just the mats when they first came out uh, last, I guess it would have been not quite a year ago, maybe like nine months ago or so now. It was just ahead of the, the San Francisco Bay Area's winter rainy season. We, we don't get the snow here, but we do get plenty of rain. And I'll tell you, my intention was to put the carpets back in after the rainy season ended, but I have to say, I like the look of them so much. They're just, they're very nice and subtle. They've got a nice little TESLA Tesla uh, logo on there on, on each, uh, the front and the back. And they're nice and easy to clean up. Uh, I really, I like them so much that I'm just, I'm leaving them in the car all the time. I'm just gonna, gonna keep them in there and my, my carpets are actually sitting down in the garage, uh, ironically, just collecting dust, which is, which is uh, what they would be doing if they were in the car too. They'd be collecting dust off and dirt off my my shoes. But in any case, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. So you know, take a look on the shop.tesla.com site if you're curious to look at either of those options. Um, oh, and there, that's right. The other thing I wanted to mention to you though. One other difference between the two, besides the vertical walls that I wanted to point out in case you're curious, uh, the only other difference I can see is that the the back seat piece is it's one piece uh, rather than uh, two pieces that overlay right right uh, sort of connect with each other with the mats, which I like the fact that the liners are it's just one piece. It's no big deal with the two piece uh, mats in the back there, but I do think it's nice that they they went ahead and, and went with a one piece for the liners. Finally, this week, here's an interesting Tesla story that you probably never thought you would hear, uh, but here it is: a uh, Model Three owner, a woman, has implanted her Model Three RFID chip from her key card into her arm so that she can access and operate her car without a phone or a key card or anything else needed. So uh, I saw this story reported on Teslarati, who writes, Tesla owner, maker, and software engineer Amy DD has undertaken the ultimate hack, implanting the chip from inside her Model 3 valet keycard into her arm. And Teslarati continues, to obtain the chip from the valet key, Amy dissolved the card's plastic in acetone. She then had it encapsulated in a biopolymer to make it safe for her body, calling in the expertise of Amal Grafstra of DangerousThings.com, a company specializing in, quote, biohacking and RFID chip implants. Finally, Amy's chip was implanted by a uh, studio experienced in body modification called Shaman Modifications. And here is a clip, and don't worry, there's nothing, there's nothing gross about this, but this is just Amy talking a little bit about it. So I kind of roped him into my Tesla hack because he's all this knowledge. And when I dissolved the chip, I sent it to him and he encapsulated it in biopolymer, um, which is safe to use for the body and under the skin. I talked to a few doctors. They were a little weary about doing this because it's kind of a, you know, a questionable thing. Um, find, end up finding a guy that does um, body modifications and things like that. He's very um, familiar with the process and sterilizing everything and the biopolymer and the flex and how it needs to be installed. Well, there you go. I have to say, Amy is brave. She's braver than I would ever be, 100%. Uh, I'm pretty happy with my phone serving as the key to my car. And hey, I will say, though, 
My phone is practically a part of my body at this point. I'm so darn dependent on the thing uh, for better and for worse. But, you know, I'll say one other thing about this. This really is the ultimate party trick. Like, no one can one-up you. Uh, no one, meaning Amy, because uh, she's the only one I'm aware of that's ever done this. If, if Amy were to make a bet with somebody... Uh, or was trying to one-up her friends at a party in some sort of good-spirited way, it would be pretty darn hard to top this. Um, there is another video of Amy actually getting the chip implanted, but I'm not going to play that for you because, uh, well, number one, the audio's no good. It's just It's just music over the footage of it happening. But even if it wasn't, I wouldn't want to play that because uh, I feel like that could that might send some people unsubscribing from the podcast, just the sounds of that. In fact, even just talking about it right now might be grossing people out. So I'm going to move on. But suffice it to say uh, that Amy su- successfully did this. So, you know, I, I tip my cap. Again, she is more brave than I would ever be to, uh, to do that. So uh, kudos to you, Amy. You are, uh, you are a, a much braver Model 3 owner than I am. But That is your Tesla news for this week. Stick with me, though, because coming right back, uh, I've got plenty of awesome Ride the Lightning Hotline phone calls lined up from all of you guys right after this. It is hotline time, your time to shine with your phone calls If you've got a Tesla-related question, comment, or discussion topic, I welcome you to send it in. I invite you to send it in. Two easy ways to do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record a question 90 seconds or less, please, so I can get to as many calls each week as possible. Uh, And you can email the file to me when you're done at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can take that same 90-second question and leave it as a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, and to do that, you call toll-free 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Gary in Chicago, uh, wants to talk sentry mode. Go ahead, Gary. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? This is Gary calling from Chicago. Um, I wanted to call with a question about what we could expect in V10, specifically regarding sentry mode. Do you know anything if we can expect um, all eight cameras uh, to be included, both while driving and in park? Also, um, do you know if there's any... um, any... uh, uh, any ideas of, of uh, live streaming uh, coming to our phones via the mobile app? Um, just a couple questions there. Maybe V10 will have it. Uh, maybe not. Um, if you don't have any answers, maybe you could throw this to Elon next time you have his ear on Twitter. Thank you so much for uh, your podcast. I really do appreciate it. It's my um, one of my favorite sources for entertainment and information when it comes to Tesla. Thank you, and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for the kind words, Gary. Uh, This is definitely one to try and catch Elon with. And in fact, someone did. Elon was asked, 
will we be able to see Sentry video also with uh, in regard to version 10 of the software? And Elon responded, working on upgrades to Sentry, dot, dot, dot. And that was it. So personally, uh, I don't think we're ever going to get all eight cameras just because the other two in the front, uh, in the, the assembly there behind the rear view mirror up there at the top of the windshield, are arguably a bit redundant for sentry mode purposes. In fact, I think you could kind of even make that same argument about the B-pillar cameras that, that go, you know, pretty well straight out, you know, because the, the repeater cameras get go all the way back uh, as far as in the immediate surrounding vicinity of the car. But I'll tell you, it, it would be nice to at least get the rear one, the rear, the backup camera for sure, just for any rear-end accident situations or potentially catching, you know, ne'er-do-wells in, uh, in situations like with the whole window smashing that's been going on uh, rampantly in the Bay Area and I mean, certainly other places too. But, uh, you know, the, the backup camera would be a good one to get. And, and I'd sure love to not only be able to access any feed from any camera live from the phone, exactly as you suggest, Gary. But I would also really like to review the Sentry Mode events right on the car's screen before I leave wherever the heck I am when I get in the car and it it says, you know, four events detected. Uh, And, you know, perhaps I'm reading a little bit too much between the lines here, but I think that's what Elon's hinting at with his tweet is, is, you know, doing, having something, having it so you can review it right on the screen in the car. Well, I, I know I'm kind of pulling that out of thin air there, but that's just what my, my gut tells me. We'll see uh, how right or wrong I am here in the not too distant future. Let's go to Yoast next from the Netherlands. He's looking to upgrade his Tesla and has a question about that. Yoast, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, Yost from the Netherlands again, still an avid listener every week. Um, I was one of those lucky few who uh, got the offer to upgrade their S75D to an SP100D Ludicrous, the new Raven model. I'm getting that next Friday, August 9th. Uh, So I got the full option except for the full self-driving, and I'm having a tough time deciding if I should go ahead and do that now before the August 16th price hike um, or wait because... Well, Tesla has been known to move around their pricing quite a bit. On the other hand, they haven't lowered the pricing for full self-driving, particularly uh, in the last year or so. And they, of course, uh, said it's going to be more expensive going, uh, going into the future. On the other hand, since I'm in Europe, the new legislation a couple of months ago has limited the steering angle of autopilot systems which kind of cripples it a little bit. Um, and I don't know uh, if that is going to cripple full self-driving in the future or not. So uh, on the one hand, I know that I will want it in the future if it's going to work. And um, there's a good chance I'll be paying for more for it then. On the other hand, yeah, with the legislation and Tesla's uh, stunts with the prices, it might be a good decision to wait. So I'm torn and I'm looking for your advice, maybe from your audience. Thanks for your excellent work. And I hope to hear from you. First of all, Yost, congratulations on the upgrade. Uh, To your question, you have clearly thought this through and I understand your dilemma. You know, the first question I think you have to ask yourself if you haven't already is, how long am I going to keep this car? If it's for five plus years, 
then personally, my opinion is that that tilts the scales in favor of getting the full self-driving option now. But you're right, Tesla's pricing model is volatile, and the EU has more restrictive legislation as of now with autopilot and full self-driving applications. Now, my wife, a financial planner, would probably have a better answer to this that would somehow involve the time value of money. Uh, Investing that full self-driving money now and maybe getting a better return on it by the time you're really ready and eager to purchase full self-driving when the features have rolled out in your country. So that's a consideration, but that doesn't really account for Elon's repeated promises to raise the price of full self-driving, starting with the $1,000 increase that is imminent. Uh, So that's that's how I'd look at the situation, I think. Um, I hope that helps you in some way. Enjoy the car no matter what you decide. Let's head out to Pennsylvania here and talk to Brian, sticking to the subject of full self-driving. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Ryan, this is Brian from Wallopin, Pennsylvania. So Elon on the earnings call mentioned the full self-driving. People were not buying it. We're not taking the bite, grabbing it, whatever. But Tesla keeps raising the price on it. I get it. I understand it. You're getting more features, so they're going to raise the price. Makes sense. But my comment, or the way I see it, is that people don't see it worth the money, thus not buying it. So if you want people to buy it, maybe your price is too high? Just um, my thought. Thanks again. It's an interesting thought, Brian. What I took away from Elon's comments on the earnings call about that was that they expect a huge conversion once they actually have full self-driving features to roll out in the real world. And he might be right about that. And it seems that he's trying to leverage that belief as an incentive to convert more people now, i.e., we know you're going to want this when we actually deliver the features, so buy it now because we're going to charge more for it when it's out in the real world. You know, it's a gamble. You're right. It is a gamble. Thank you, as always, Brian, for your excellent calls. Let's head up to another regular caller, Rich from Seattle. And uh, we're still talking full self-driving here. Go ahead, Rich. Hey, Ryan. Rich Tong here from Seattle. Man, awesome podcast. Listen to it incessantly on our 5,000-mile road trip, but uh, that's another story. Um, Just wanted to make a comment on your, well, what are FSD margins and so forth. I think you can sort of calculate it. I mean, they've said that uh, they think they can get to 25% gross margins. And now that Elon has said 30, I think the basic uh, math would be uh, 5 incremental percent for FSD. If the full FS uh, average selling price is to 50000 that would imply $2,500 for FSD on average. Uh, since FSD is about $3,000 now, that sort of says they want an 80 to 90 percent tax rate. So um, uh, maybe that's one way to back into it, given numbers. I could all be wrong, but it sort of does seem like a lot of FSD attached to get to 30 percent gross margin. Um, But um, who knows what their real numbers are, but that's one way to get a quick estimate. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Rich. I agree. 
An internal target of 80 to 90% seems way too optimistic, even for Elon Musk's refreshingly optimistic worldview. Still, I can't really argue with your thinking. It is another thing to add to my list of questions for Elon if I ever do get the opportunity to sit down and interview him again. Cheers, Rich. Thanks so much. Let's keep it rolling here. We're off to Florida to talk to Dave, a, a multi-Tesla owner who, uh, again, I think we're this is our last full self-driving topic. Uh, so, Dave, take it away. Hey, Ryan. Dave from Fort Pierce, Florida. Current Tesla owner, been, been so since 2012. We got our first signature. We now have two Model S's and a Model 3. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Wondering what you would think about Tesla having FSD be attached to an owner rather than a vehicle. That way, current owners of FSD could upgrade to the Raven without having to repay for the FSD. Tesla would be able to take their vehicle in trade and resell it to a customer and perhaps uh, sell them on the FSD so they would not be out any revenue for that. I expect that a program like this would last until, say, we're feature complete on FSD. Wondering what your thoughts on that are? And uh, great job on the show. Keep it up. And look forward to uh, the response. Dave, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for your call. I do think there is a fair and reasonable way that this could and arguably should be done particularly as no full self-driving features as defined by the full self-driving package's original description back when Autopilot 2.0 first rolled out in late 2016. Uh, you know, none of those features have been delivered yet. Now, I agree that it would be a good way to incentivize longtime owners such as yourself to upgrade while still allowing Tesla to either profit or hopefully at least break even on the trade by reselling the car without full self-driving unless the new owner pays for it. You know, perhaps it could be that any owner that bought full self-driving back when it was the complement to the enhanced autopilot package could be given like a, a single use token, digital token, obviously, to transfer that full self-driving package to a new Tesla. And maybe, maybe you even limit it to, to S and X owners, since those are the premium models that have also been around the longest uh, for folks like you to be affected by this. I think, I think that would be a nice gesture towards veteran Tesla owners. So yes, I am with you, Dave. Here's hoping that something like that may come to pass in the near future. Let's head to Arizona and talk to Chad, who just got a Model 3. Chad, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. Uh, my name is Chad. I just bought a brand new Model 3 and have a question for you in the audience. Uh, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and was surprised that my air conditioner seemed to be running pretty much constantly. Uh, I read that there is something called cabin overheat protection. And the question is, is the cabin overheat protection necessary? Does it actually protect the equipment and the interior of your car, or is it more for protecting kids or things that maybe got left in the car or uh, maybe just for more comfort when you come back to your car, it'll be cooler? Thank you for uh, answering the question. Thanks. Bye. 
Chad, congratulations on your Model 3. I am happy to answer your question. In fact, you already did. It's the second one. Yes, it is just for comfort and convenience. So I hope that clears it up for you. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, we go next to Norway to a caller uh, who wants to talk about track mode. Go ahead, caller from Norway. And I, I'm not saying a name because I confess here. I, I listen sometimes. It's just like it breaks up a little bit. I can't quite get the name. And I don't want to get the name totally wrong. So that's, that's, my, that's my secret there. I'm just I'm trying to avoid embarrassment because it's, it's no fun to, if you hear your call and the host slaughters your name. So anyway, let's go to Norway for this next call as Daisy the Boxer Puppy drinks up behind me. Hello, Ryan. It's Mats from Norway again. Uh, still love the car. We just, uh, I just did, uh, almost, uh, five and a half thousand kilometer Euro trip in it. And, um, now I don't condone in any way, sense or form dangerous driving or, or anything like that. But if you're in a safe environment and snow falls or it rains or in, or in any, any other way, you feel that you have space and it, you know, you, nothing is dangerous. Um uh, the drive train uh why you have the um the performance cars have the track mode. And uh I have a long range, so you know, I want fun too. Why can't we have a track light mode or maybe a sport mode or something? Uh in, in our cars or maybe pay extra for it, fine. Just it, it, I mean it's all software, that's the beauty of it. So um yeah, maybe we should just uh, carpet bomb uh, Elon on Tesla to uh, to just uh, get it. Anyway, what's your thought on it? Keep up the show. Do love it. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for your call. Well, I'm no engineer, but I do believe that there is nothing technically stopping Tesla from doing track mode with the long-range, all-wheel-drive, non-performance Model 3s. I do think there would be a technical limitation for doing it on a rear-wheel drive, long-range Model 3, or mid-range, or standard range, as uh, track mode is specifically designed for the dual-motor setup. But yeah, I guess this is just one of those things that adds value, either perceived or actual, to the additional cost that one pays for the performance model. If it makes you feel any better about it, I have yet to use it, and I know there are plenty of performance Model 300s out there that have, but uh, I haven't. I, the day that the software, the day that track mode was added to my car, I went down to my office parking garage after I got the software update, and I pushed the track mode button. I turned it on. I heard the fans kick into overdrive as they started to like turbo cool the battery pack in anticipation of, of some flogging around the track. Uh, and then I turned it off, and I haven't turned it back on since. So it's neat to have, but obviously it's not practical in any sort of day-to-day, uh, you know, usefulness there. So at least at least for me, for me. I know that there are plenty of people other, out there that are getting plenty of use out of it, but uh, not so much here here in the, on the, the mean streets of San Francisco. I want to go next, uh, speaking of San Francisco, let's, let's stay in the Bay Area and go to Brian in Menlo Park, wants to talk about autopilot and speed limit signs. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Ryan. This is Brian in Menlo Park. Um, I had a question about what you were talking about in episode 209 about reading 
speed limit signs and you know city signage. And um, I was curious if people found this is working already to a certain extent. And the reason why I say that is we took a friend's Model 3 into Joshua Tree and uh, there's no service. So none of the map information was showing up. It was just a gray grid. Um, but as we drove through the park, we noticed the speed limit sign on the car would change. It would go from 25 miles per hour to 35 miles per hour. So it it somehow knew the transition and it happened right at the sign. So I was wondering if it's actually reading speed limit signs already. So that was one question. And then um, one piece of probably bad news is, I don't know if you've been to Menlo Park lately, but in listening to your discussion with Mike Falzone and reminiscing about the original Menlo Park <clears throat> um, showroom, it's actually been bulldozed, unfortunately, and it's getting replaced by a mixed-use building. So that uh, structure is is no more. So it's part of folklore and history. So I thought you want to know. Thanks for the podcast. It's fantastic. Keep it up. Thanks. Hey, Brian, I think it's GPS based. So if that's the case, it wouldn't need the LTE signal. I'm not 100% sure on that, though, I confess. Now, as for the original Tesla showroom in Menlo Park, Boy, it is a shame to hear that that building has been raised. That I mean, that's a piece of history right there. I mean, it really is. Like one day when, because believe me, there will be books written and movies made about Tesla and Elon and the entire Tesla story. I guarantee you, probably in 10 years is when we'll start to see the first of those. When Tesla is just a giant, ubiquitous company that has helped move the world forward to sustainable transport and make electric cars uh, of a normal thing, a normal, everyday, common thing, uh, the, that Menlo Park showroom will be, hey, that's, that's where they got their start, selling roadsters out of an old, I believe, I believe I heard it was an old Chevy dealership. It was definitely an old dealership for somebody. I think it was an old Chevy dealership, but yeah, it's a shame that it's gone. Um, it just hearing that it makes me glad that I got to go there and I spent some time there drooling over the original roadsters in that showroom back in the day. I mean, heck, that is where my personal Tesla journey began. When I went there, as you heard last week and uh, and other times too, you know, for the for the DeLorean Club event and then went back for the Roadster test drive. I mean, that's that's where it all started for me. So Sad to see that building go. Brian, thank you for calling in. couple more calls this week. Let's go to uh, Ken from Nova Scotia up in Halifax. Go ahead, Ken. Hi, my name is Ken, calling from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Love your podcast. I've been listening since near the beginning. We have a Model 3 long range for a year now. Love the car. Awesome. Love your podcast. Also, Joe Mode. I suspect Joe Mode is reference to a Joey, which is a small kangaroo living in the pouch. Maybe that's why it's called Joe Mo. Mode. Over and out. Thanks, Ken. I like that theory. I don't, I don't really have anything to add to that. I saw somebody on YouTube uh, leave that same comment on, on uh, YouTube, on my YouTube channel from this ep- from that episode. So it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's uh, maybe a little something to that. I wonder. We'll, we'll have to see what what time reveals for that one. Thanks for calling in. And last and certainly not least, uh, Kaz calling in uh, with a uh, topic of the Model X 
and an issue that a, a friend of his is having. We'll see if I can help out at all. Kaz, go ahead. Hey, Ryan and Tesla fans. I've got a topic of discussion thanks to a conversation I actually just had with a Model X owner who, uh, side note, license plate was Robot CR, Robot Car. I thought that was really cool. But this, uh, this gentleman owns a Model X, and he drives from... Orange County to San Diego and back quite a bit. He's always in the car. And he mentioned that there's actually a pretty frequent issue with the software crashing while he drives. Like his screen just goes black. He can't see his speed or anything. Um, I don't know if this is something happening in the S or the 3 or... I was wondering if anybody that drives a lot, like long distances, has had the same issue and if there's any word on this being mitigated. Thanks very much. Well, Kaz, I can't speak for everyone out there, but based on what I am always reading on the forums and on Reddit and what I hear from my audience in phone calls and emails, this appears to be an anomaly. I think it's probably worth that friend to make a service appointment and, and you know, they, they might choose to reflash the car's firmware or take some other action, but... This sounds like an isolated incident. Um, I know that's not of great help, but I'm, I don't have a, a direct, perfect, exact answer for you, but I hope that helps at least point you in the right direction. Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks to all of you for calling in. Boy, I do appreciate the participation in this segment of the show, because as I've said before, I love this part. I love when I get to hear from you guys, get some different voices on here. I appreciate that pretty much everybody's really good about keeping the calls to a minute and a half or less. Like it's just, it's really great. It's uh it's just such a fun, fun half of the show here. I thank you for it. So again, if you'd like to participate, if you've got a Tesla question, comment, discussion topic, either record it on your smartphone and send the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com or call in and leave it as a voicemail on the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline, that number. Again, 1-888-989-8752. I'll be back with your pro tip of the week and some parting thoughts for you right after this. Well, it was nice to get back to the spirit of adventure after being gone for a week, although thankfully I wasn't in other cars. There was no rental car. We were just we were just locked in Disneyland for for a week, which is uh, hardly a bad thing. That's a very fun, very good thing. But yeah, felt good to get back in the car. Had a sophomore update. I got the chess game when I got home for 28.2, I think the version number was, along with some other little enhancements. So that was nice. The only thing is I haven't had time to wash it. Now it's it's covered in a nice, nice uh, thick layer of dust. And with my parents here this weekend, I probably won't have time to to give it a proper cleaning. But that's okay. One more week won't won't, won't hurt anything. For the pro tip of the week, I uh, thank everybody out there that's called in with one since I've gotten several responses so far trying to you know build up another little cache of them to last. Uh, to last for the the coming winter, I suppose. Now it's uh, you know we I, I emptied the vault on those on the vacation episode last week, and this week Scott from Atlanta calls in uh, with this week's pro tip of the week. Go ahead, Scott. Hey Ryan, this is Scott, first time caller calling from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a longtime listener, and on episode 209, you had a caller 
uh, mentioned they were the annoying beeps when they're uh, parking the car, and then you mentioned it also. Well, if you are in the vertical view of the car when it's showing you distances to these annoying objects and beeps, if you look just to the left of the car, somewhere on the left side of the screen, there's a speaker icon, and you can tap it and mute all of these beeps, and they won't happen anymore. Hope that helps. Love the show. Talk to you later. I love that one, Scott. Thank you so much. I confess, I'd always wondered what that was, but I never thought to try pressing it in order to mute it. Uh, now I know. Thank you very much. In fact, a ton of people called in about this one after it had been brought up. So I want to just make sure to shout out everybody that I did. I did hear everybody's calls on this. Uh, we had JP from Tennessee, Kevin from Buffalo, Mike from the Motor City, Ben from North Carolina, and Steve from Michigan all called in with this as well. Thanks to all of you. One other comment on this, though. I do wish that this feature could be GPS tagged, kind of like the folding mirrors and your home link system, and if you have a Model S or Model X, the air suspension. Because what I'd like to do with this, ideally, is mute it at home, where it just goes ballistic in and out of my super tight garage, and even if I'm going to hit something, it's probably not going to save me, because it's just, it's like the boy who cried wolf down there. Um, but I would still want it in any other parking situation, just not my own garage. I wish there was a way that I could do that. So if anybody from the Tesla software team is listening, I would love to have a toggle for that, if at all possible. All right, uh, that about wraps it up for this week's show. I want to begin by mentioning abstractocean.com a wonderful source of Tesla accessories, mostly for you, or for, mostly for your car, and some stuff for you as well. Tempered glass screen protectors for Model 3. Uh, they've got the center console wraps in all different styles. For those of you interested in getting rid of the, the uh, look at it wrong and it scratches and or fingerprints, default piano black glossy uh, in the Model 3. They've got the Roadster style T-E-S-L-A lettering for the back of your car. I've seen a, a number of those out there in the wild here in the San Francisco Bay Area, etc., etc. You can use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout in order to get 15% off of your very first order. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, Jeff, the wonderful detailing wizard behind Immaculate Reflections, uh, not only has the $100 off any ceramic coating package for listeners of this show right now, or partial paint protection film package, or if you do the full body paint protection film, he's offering $250 off. Uh, in addition, he texted me this week, he said he wants to reinstate the military discount that he did for a little while, I think last year as well. So that is a, an extra $100 off with your uh, military or veteran ID card. And yes, that does stack. So that is in addition to those other uh, detailing services that Jeff offers. You know, it's it's clay bar and, you know, full wash wax detail if you want to do that. There's paint correction, paint protection, film, ceramic coating, any of it, all of it, whatever you're looking to do to pretty up and protect your Tesla uh, Jeff and Immaculate Reflections will take care of you. So look him up on his website, which is irdetailing.com. 
As for me, as I mentioned, you can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter and or Instagram at DMC underscore Ryan. And then uh, if you'd like to support me beyond simply listening, which that's that's always uh, the the big thing is I appreciate you listening, but uh, if you do want to support the time, effort, love, and expertise and research that goes into this show every week, the best way to do that is on Patreon. You can learn more on my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash teslapodcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I sincerely appreciate it if you if you even uh, have the, the time to give that a look. Uh, let's see here. I think, ah, yes, the last one. The Jada... Uh, products the the version two of the wireless charging pad for Model Three, and then the the brand new USB hub for Model Three. Both of those are available. If you want to get one or both, uh, please use my referral link. Sadly, I don't have a discount for this one, but if you're just going to grab it anyway, the USB hub is seventy, and the wireless charging pad for Qi compatible wireless smartphone or wireless phones. Uh, is uh, $100, which, you know, hey, you buy it once and then you've got it for the life of the car. So if you are interested in buying either of those products, I have got, I use the wireless charging pad and I love it. And it, it's, uh, as I said, it's, it is performance Model 3 proof. You can launch, launch, launch all day and your phone will stay put and stay, stay charging. Um, but yeah, my, my referral link for that, if you wouldn't mind ordering via this link, which is getjada.com, that's J-E-D-A for Jada, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. I think that mostly wraps it up. Ah, Of course, you can subscribe to the podcast for free, just meaning the podcast downloads to you. It pushes out to you each and every week. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that on Google Podcasts. There's Stitcher. TuneIn, which of course TuneIn is also what the Teslas have, so you, yes, you can subscribe and listen to the podcast in your Tesla. I'm also on Spotify, uh, on YouTube, of course, audio only on YouTube, uh, and then uh, that—that's pretty much all the. Those are all the major major places to get podcasts. I think I want to close, of course, by thanking the Patreon producers, the wonderful folks supporting me at the producer tier, which means. They get their name shouted out every episode, which I'll do now. They get the monthly bonus episode every month, all those extra Ride the Lightning hotline calls that come in. And they get the early access to each week's episode, which will be even a little earlier this week since I'm recording on a Thursday night. But I want to shout out the newest Patreon producers, Sunil Joseph and Dennis Peak. Thank you both so, so much. In addition to DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenschein, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, uh, by the way, Rome, congratulations on getting your car back. His car, his Model S that he just gotten, was in the body shop for a while. Very happy that he is reunited with Archer, as he has named his car. I love that show so much. I'm so glad it's coming back, uh, and it's going to be 
back in the in the in the sort of current timeline. They're they're done with the. If you've never watched Archer, highly recommend it. It is super funny. Um, anyway, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A. Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Josh, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, My Tesla Adventure, Ron Lee, Larry Lynch, uh, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, and David Perella. Thank you all so very much for your fantastic support of the podcast. And that will do it for me because uh, my voice is toast. Uh, my my daughter had a a uh, cough, like seemingly it was just a dry cough, nothing. The last few days of our vacation, which she'd picked up, of course, at the week before at a at a summer day camp, because here in the Bay Area, I don't know about where you live, but you know, when I was a kid, when it was summer, you were just at home, because a lot of times, I mean, in, at least for me, I had one stay at home parent, but and here in the Bay Area. Both parents got to work for, for to, in order to survive in the Bay Area. So, well, you got to do something with your kids. So you got to sign them up for a different camp, like a day camp every week. So she catches a little cough there, sort of follows her on our vacation. And now, of course, I've got it. But, um, hey, I can't complain. I, uh, I, I'm just glad I made it through the show without my voice giving out. If you can hear it, I apologize. Um, you know, I always – it's – I, I want to sound good. You know, I, I take a lot of pride in trying to sound good and not sound icky. So, uh, in any case, for a sleeping, snoring, soundly snoozing Daisy the Boxer Puppy, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all very much for joining me for another week of Ride the Lightning. Uh, again, your time is, in my opinion, time's the most valuable resource we all have. Uh, you can't get any more of it in a day, in a week, and it is. Uh, I just appreciate you spending an hour plus of it with me and and talking about uh, all things Tesla each and every week. It's fun, you know. I I I do this because it's fun. It is. I I would not do it if it were if it felt like work. Love doing this. I love that you choose to spend this time with me. So thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I will see you all again next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.